Yeah, I'm not too sure this was a smart move on my part. <laughs> For a great selection of beers, whiskeys, and gins, to their famous burgers and gourmet mac and cheese, Captain Mike's is a place to visit for your next dinner or drink. Jeanette and Mick Kelly took over as new owners of this local hotspot located at 5118 6th Avenue in downtown Kenosha, and they've made some great improvements while keeping the special things that Kenosha knows and loves. Captain Mike's opens weekdays at 11 a.m. and come on in early Saturdays and Sundays for their delicious brunch specials from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. For more, follow them on Facebook and visit their website at CaptainMike'sPub.com. The Downtowner Saloon opened up last March at 707 56th Street in downtown Kenosha, just in time for that pandemic shutdown. But they have fought on throughout the year and continue to succeed by providing excellent food and drinks that's a little outside the ordinary of your typical bar food. The Downtowner Saloon serves up as Southwestern-inspired meals, like their huge saloon burritos to their gunslinger platter and awesome sandwiches served on Texas toast. Visit DowntownerSaloonKenosha.com, where you'll be faced with that difficult decision of picking something from their mouth-watering menu. Yahoo! If you are a business owner, having your products or services available online is now essential. Contact Matt Glayman of Bluehorn Digital. Matt is a lifelong Kenosha who knows Kenosha business and will listen to your wants and needs. Matt specializes in e-commerce consulting. He can provide you with the tips that will generate traffic to your website. To find out more, visit their website at Bluehorn Digital. That's B-L-U-E-H-O-R-N. And be ready to see your business expand. John Martin Antaranian is a lifelong politician who is also Kenosha's longest-serving mayor. After four terms from 1992 to 2008, he returned to win the office again in 2016 and won the 2020 election unopposed. He has a deep love for his hometown and big plans to make it shine well into the future. Today on K-Town Connects, we connect with Mayor John Antaranian. Cue that music. Welcome, everyone, to the Season 2 premiere of the K-Town Connects podcast. We're the hottest Kenosha podcast around. And I'm one of your hosts, Donnie, and I'm here with... Hi, I'm Jason. Jason, wow, Season 2, can you believe it? Yeah, we're And we got crazy. a whopper of a show. We had quite a break there between seasons. Yes. What, two weeks? <laughs> yeah, oh, pretty nice. much. Nice little uh, vacation. Hey, i got to mention that Dropping Daisies theme song. Holy cow, what a rocker. Still on the charts, Jason. That's Do you amazing. believe it? That's amazing. You need a new, gib, uh, new bit for that. Yeah, well, it fell to number two, but it's back up to number one during our little break. <laughs> what, what overtook it? Uh, it was another Frank Sinatra song. Oh, it wasn't the Mariah Carey Christmas song? No, no, that one. You think that would have taken over? Right, but nope. Well, uh, thank you, Dropping Daisies, for that great theme song. Right, you know what, Donnie? i got to say something first before please, we get started here. Please do. I know a lot of people are going to be tuning in to... Uh, you know, they want to hear some deep down talk with the mayor, some witch trial kind of thing. We're not going to make any kind of accusatory remarks. We're not going to disrespect them. We're not here for that. If you're here to try and hear that, you know, stop the show right now mm-hmm. instead of listening and writing us an angry email later. I just want to put that out there. Yeah, we're going to get to know John as a person. 
Can we call him, John? Sure. (laughs) Thank you, Mr. Mayor. Well, we're recording here at Luigi's Pizza Kitchen, located at 7531 39th Avenue. Cue the catchphrase, order those pizza pies Tuesday through Sunday by calling 262-694-6565. Order online and check out their menu at luigispizzakitchen.com. They're open Tuesday through Sunday. Make sure you find us on all the social medias. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. We also have a website, which is that is ktownconnects.com. You got to hit that subscribe button and give us some reviews. We like the reviews. Yeah, hit that. Uh, we don't have one to read today. We should have had one ready, but we were too busy getting ready to talk to the mayor yeah, here. Yeah, this is a, this is a big interview. Uh, shoot us an email <laughs> at ktownconnects at yahoo.com. We also have a Patreon account. Breaking news! Breaking news! Yeah, if you got a couple bucks to spare, throw us a couple bucks at uh, patreon.com slash ktownconnects. That's all one word, no hyphens or anything. And you know what else we have? We now have a web store. Get all your K-Town Connects merchandise courtesy of the letter machine. Is this going too far? Hey, we're big. I mean, the Patreon, the web store, it's kind of... Hey, we're, we're getting pretty big here. <laughs> so uh, if you want some K-Town Connects merchandise, go to thelettermachine.com. Check it out right now. Are they going to have it set up by the time the show airs? Yeah, I believe so. Ooh, all right. I'm going to have to get myself something. Yeah, I think so. A nice <laughs> K-Town Connects mask. You know where I went for uh, dinner this weekend? Captain Mike's. Ooh, tell me a little bit about your oh, dinner at Captain Mike's. I got the, the Mac of the week, which uh, this week it was uh, Italian sausage, red pepper, and onion. Ooh, that sounds Mixed fantastic. in with the mac and cheese. And, oh, my gosh, I, I shouldn't have eaten it all, but I did. Hey, you know, it was it was so awesome. They're that good there. Did you know they also expanded their craft gin selection? I did not get any craft gin. I was just there for carryout. But. Hey, Jason, gin is in, so get down to Captain Mike's. They do great carryout service, and they also are open for seating, too. But you can call, uh, contact them at 262-764-8889. They're located at 5118 6th Avenue in beautiful downtown Kenosha. Hey, we don't want to forget about our good friend Matt at Blue Horn Digital. And we also have a new sponsor here, the Downtowner Saloon, located at 707 56th Street. Go in there for all your Southwestern-themed food. They have delicious food there, too. Oh, so good. There's so, many, try them next. so many great places in Kenosha. But we're not talking food. We're talking to the mayor. Mayor, did we make you hungry there? (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) So we're just going to get to know you as a person. So, Mayor, uh, where did you grow up? Born and raised in Kenosha. Born and raised in Kenosha. Um, What the neighborhoods? Where did you grow up? Neighborhood, my basically Roosevelt School neighborhood, Roosevelt neighborhood, uh, was where I grew up. My elementary, and then moved to the Forest Park area. Lived there for a good part of my life. I'm sorry? They had houses there then? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, they did. (laughs) At least I think we did. Um, And then basically, um, when I got married, moved over to uh, by Tremper off of 83rd Street. Okay. So you kind of hopped around a little bit around town. But hmm. always in Kenosha. Well, other than my couple years in Madison when I was in school. Oh, Okay. Oh, we have, you went to Parkside this time. I did. Okay. I, I, I graduated from Parkside. I did, I believe, two years in Madison, though. Oh, okay. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll jump ahead a little bit there, but let's get back to little John here. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Okay, when you were a little boy, what did you want to be when you grew up? Cowboy. Oh. Cowboy, huh? Absolutely. What were some of your favorite shows? Um, Lone Ranger, stuff like uh, that? Lone Ranger, Howdy Doody, all the uh, the old ones, I'm afraid. Right. Most people probably don't even remember most of those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they have Me TV now, so a lot of people are getting that now. Uh, the Rifleman. There was yeah. another one that was... Uh, what was your most memorable Christmas or birthday present you got as a child? 
Oh, that's a tough one. Christmas, all, all our Christmases were always great. It was just because there was so much family and everyone was over. We had, you know, the house was just always packed with oh, people. Yeah. So I don't know the presence really mattered that much. It was more in the sense of just a, it was a good time. It was yeah. just a time when you had a lot of people around and a lot of family around. So no, like, Red Ride or BB gun for no, you? No. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So uh, what schools did you attend? Uh, Roosevelt, mm-hmm. Forest Park, Lance, Tremper, uh, Madison, and Parkside. Mm. Lance Junior High School, I went there. Yeah. Were they, uh, the, they were the Lance Angels at Blue the Angels. time? And now I believe they're the Lance Lightning? Yeah, they're the I Blue remember. Angels. Blue Angels, okay. the Blue Angels. Okay, all right. What kind of student were you, troublemaker? Um, I was a very average student. Okay, all right, all right. Who inspired you when you were a kid? Maybe besides the Lone Ranger. Oh, I think, again, my father probably was a huge part of my, uh, of, of someone who inspired me as I was growing up. More so, more him and my uncle, the two of them. Okay. What were some of your favorite hangout spots growing up in Kenosha? You've seen it all. Oh my goodness, hangout spots. Uh, is this the point I say I refuse to answer on the grounds that might incriminate me? <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many, you can't pick any, right? Well, I, I, you know, I was always fortunate. I had a lot of good friends and a lot of places that we would go. And just, uh, like I said, just all over town. Loved to ride my bicycle over to the, the Washington Bowl to go swimming. Oh, very um, nice. That was always a fun place. Did you have an old Schwinn? I have no idea what oh. I had. <laughs> it was a hand-me-down. It was my... Uh, I think it was my cousin's bike that I that I inherited. Mm-hmm. What was your first job? Maxwell's Camera Shop. Where was that at? That was downtown, right off of 54th Street, I think it was. Okay. 54th or 55th. 55th, actually. Did you like working there? I loved working yeah. there. Mr. Maxwell was a wonderful man. Uh, his old camera shop, and he just was just a, just a sweet, sweet gentleman who I, I truly enjoyed working for. I was just a janitor. Uh, eventually, I learned um, uh, about cameras and uh, moved up into doing some sales in those days. But just a wonderful, wonderful person, wonderful family. Did you get into photography then? I did a little photography in those days. Um, actually, um, used to have a dark room, do some development for. Oh, very nice. Yeah. So I, I did learn a little bit about that. Um, like everything else, you learn things that you're good at and what you're not good at. Mm-hmm. So it was a short-lived um, experience in photography. Mm-hmm. What was the pay like then? The pay? Two dollars like, an hour. Oh my hour? goodness, I haven't a clue anymore. <laughs> <laughs> at the time, it looked pretty good. Right, right. See. <laughs> so when you graduated high school, you were pretty much ready to go to college. Then were you prepared then, or were you like not sure? No, I wasn't what, sure. Okay, I, what were your um, options then, or what were your um, aspirations? I had wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I actually thought about enlisting. At the time, in the end, I made a decision to this, try college first. Was this during Vietnam or just after? It, Vietnam had just ended. Okay. So I decided to um, try college first, and um, I actually found that I was a much better student in college than I was in high school. <laughs> <laughs> why? Did, why is that? Do you think? I don't know. I, that's a good question. I don't know if, a, if the light finally clicked or, or <laughs> something went on, and, but I definitely um, found college to be a much more challenging and much more enjoyable from my perspective. And so I ended up getting a degree in economics and business management. Mm-hmm. What were some of your favorite other uh, classes in college? History. I yeah. always loved history. And to this day, I probably, someday when I'm uh, done with politics, 
We're going to see you working gonna... at the History Center downtown? No, what no. you might see me, though, is going back to school oh. just to go back to history courses and get to oh. history courses. I kind of fell into that as well. I was going for an art degree and fell into a, a history degree as well, ah. just from taking a few classes and falling in love with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just it's it's a fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's, it truly is fascinating, and I just enjoyed it a great deal. And Kenosha has such a rich history to really dive deep into. I mean, it's we had Chris Allen on the show, and we could have went on for hours talking about the history of Kenosha. <laughs> yeah. Really cool stuff. So while you were attending Parkside, what did you do for fun? Uh, I mined for gold. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds strange. Well, um, yeah, are you serious? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I am serious. Oh, I thought that was like, I can't talk about those crazy days. <laughs> no, I um, I spent four summers out working in Northern California Ooh. on a placer claim, which is uh, I worked uh, a river. So I was working um, the North Fork, the North Fork, and the American River, which is uh, – Basically, everyone has heard of Donner Pass. Mm-hmm. You get halfway through Donner Pass. There's a, a ghost town called Alta, and you take a left at Alta and go straight down two and a half miles. And I was working a, a river. I used to work 15 to 30 feet underwater. Wow. Whoa. How many people were in your team that, that did this? Two. Oh. My brother and I. Oh. <laughs> oh. So we had a, it was a wonderful, uh, wonderful time. We had a lot of fun. So. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't expect that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> so, how'd you find a lot of gold? Um, I'm mayor of the city of Kenosha. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> True, good point. How'd no, you find um, this job? Literally, literally, no, we didn't find a lot of gold, but we had a wonderful time looking. And you have to remember, gold was pretty inexpensive mm-hmm. back in the day when I was searching for gold. My grandfather, when he came to this country, initially was hooked up with three or four other gentlemen, and they owned a coal mine in northern Kentucky. (laughs) Um, They did well. They sold the coal mine, and they bought a gold mine in California. Oh. Uh, They they hit it big in California. (laughs) Um, However, um, this is where the story always gets interesting because you don't know what's (laughs) accurate or not anymore. Family lore here a little bit. Did they really hit it big or not? Uh, I couldn't tell you for sure, but... The story goes that they hit it big, and then the bankers stole the mine. Oh. Uh, so my grandfather came back to Kenosha, pretty much starting over. Okay. Wow. So my brother went out trying to find the gold mine. And so the first time he went by himself, second time I went with him. So were you allowed to go on this property? or uh, We never found the mine. It's, <laughs> everything was, the paperwork was all really iffy and sketchy, and who knows for sure where it was. <laughs> we went looking for it, couldn't find it, and so we ended up doing our own claim in Northern California on the North Fork of the North Fork of the American River, and we worked that for four years, wow. five years, something like that. It was just like your summer job, huh? Every, yeah. every summer? Wow. So you actually traveled west searching for gold. You drove in a 19, <laughs> drove a 1954 Willys Jeep with uh, initially had an old F-head engine in it, which we kept on blowing. Um, so I got very good at rewiring a, a 54 Willys F-head engine. But um, we eventually got tired of that, and so one year we... Uh, my brother, who is very good mechanically, we and I just helped, pulled the old F-head engine and dropped a Buick V6 mm. into the, the Willys. And the mm. problem is is that the steering column was too large, so we had to shorten the steering column. Um, to this day, I'm not totally sure what we did to that thing. <laughs> but we dropped a, a Buick V6 into a 1954 Willys Jeep, and that puppy flew. <laughs> so you're attended Parkside. Uh, were there other options for college for you besides Parkside? You just want to stay close to home. Why did you no, choose Parkside, Parkside and Madison? Were the, the two that I ended up going to, um, and my, you know, in the end, Parkside is where I got my degree, which I appreciate. They uh, 
uh, I had a, a good experience at Parkside. I'm very proud to be uh, a Parkside grad. So what's the timeline there? You went to Madison first and came to Parkside? Or? Parkside first, then Madison came back to Parkside. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, interesting. So you graduated from Parkside in yep. 1977 with a bachelor's in economics and business. Mm-hmm. What were your plans at the time for a career when you graduated college? Actually, you know, it's interesting. Um, I'm not sure I knew at the time. I ended up working and getting a job for Walgreens Corporation as uh-huh. an assistant manager. Like at, some, at a Walgreens? Yeah, at a Walgreens. Which one? In Kenosha. In Kenosha, which one? Yeah, uh, basically, uh, 80th Street was my oh. main uh-huh. home one. I, I spent a little time in Racine, but Kenosha was the store I ended up at. Okay. Um, and so, I had a, again, it was it was wonderful experiences, a lot of really good people that you got to meet. So I enjoyed that a great deal. Had looked outside the area, had actually a couple of opportunities, potential opportunities outside the area, one in Sunnyvale, California, and one in New York. Oh. One in Sunnyvale, didn't quite get the job. <laughs> had a wonderful interview, though, with the gentleman who did the interview with Lockheed way back, and then the other one was uh, in New York which I had an opportunity and I decided not to take Ooh, it. Things would have been so different. You never know what you never know what life is going to throw you. So you served ten years in the Wisconsin State Assembly. Yes. What exactly did that position entitle? What, uh, is that a full time job? It, it is a full time job okay. because it's hard to do any other kind of job. Okay. Um, with that that position, it was a, a wonderful experience and one that helped me a great deal eventually when I became mayor because it, it created a situation where I learned a great deal about state government, how state government functioned, how the relationship okay. between state government and, and local government works, funding sources, just all sorts of different things that were very, very helpful to me um, when I became mayor. And a lot of relationships. You know, I think sometimes people forget government really is tied to relationships. It's mm-hmm. getting to know people from both sides of the aisle. And Something that I'm afraid has been lost at the present time, which yeah. is one of the big issues and concerns I have, is that you know I was able, always able to go to uh, Republican friends and talk with them about what I needed to do for the city, and they'd listen. And mm-hmm. it doesn't mean they always agree with me, and nor would they always give me the vote that I wanted. But you always had access. You always had people that were willing to listen to what the problem was and, and talk. And I would say that's from both sides, yeah, not just the Democrats, but Republicans, both ends. It was a much easier time in government where you could actually talk with people and people would listen. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we're hurting right now is that we, we don't really listen to each other very much. And I think that's part of the reason we're at where we're at today. I agree with you 100% on that. Mm-hmm. See, now we got serious here. Sorry about that. I know this is supposed to be light. <laughs> no, no, that's fine. Uh, that's, that's good, good. Um, according to Wikipedia, you served two years with the 23rd district and eight years with the 65th district. Is yes. that true? And how can you explain can you explain that switch? They changed the numbers. That's all. So you're, <laughs> you didn't change anything. I kind of thought that might have been it. Cause it was redistrict. The, the, the districts got redistricted, and at the time when they did the redistricting, they changed the numbers. Oh. So what's okay. strange? It changed from 23 to 65 instead of you know. like 23 to 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, actually, I had forgotten that it, that it was sound, even my number. It sounds better. You went from 23 to 65, you're doing something right. That's going down. I got, I got a lot right, older. Right. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, where did you meet your wife, Linda? Let's, let's get into that a little bit. I met Linda at a church dance in Racine that I was, I shouldn't say this, but that... Um, <laughs> no, that's what we it wasn't, it wasn't. It wasn't my church in mm-hmm. the sense of where, where I was raised. Uh, but I went with a, a cousin of mine wanted to go to this dance, and so he dragged me along. And so I met my wife there. Oh, How old were you then? Uh, 25, 24, okay. 25. Mm-hmm. Was, we were married when I was 27. What was your pickup line? Do you remember? 
No clue. <laughs> I was scared stiff. She was gorgeous. <laughs> All right, so you're the father of two kids. What are some of your fondest memories with them when they were growing up? Oh, I've got two really interesting independent kids. And I, I think probably for me, the, I think I've enjoyed them as they've gotten older more and more than when they were smaller. I mean, both of them are just, let's just say they have a touch of uh, my... Um, Charm. No. <laughs> Wisdom? Thank you very much. That, that's not the word either. Um, willing to be a little uh, exploring. Let's okay. use that term. Oh. I used to mine for gold. I, I always joke that I told my kids too many stories when they were growing up <laughs> about what I did. And so the two of them seem to have, uh, have the adventure bug themselves oh. and have uh, done an awful lot of things that uh, has helped turn my hair gray. <laughs> have they wanted to dabble in politics at all? Or? No, neither one has any interest in you politics. You said, stay away from that. <laughs> they really, neither one had any interest at all in politics. I, My daughter lives in Japan. Oh. Um, and uh, she teaches English, and she does translations for companies and some modeling. And my son is an artist. Oh, oh very nice. So, so both of them picked their own uh, uh, area that they wished to go into, and they did it. So, so how often do you go visit her in Japan? Well, we visit her a number of times earlier on, but mm-hmm. that's not something we can do now. Right. Um, she comes home oh. every Christmas, so we see her at every Christmas. Mm-hmm. And thank goodness for Skype. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's you know, great. Those, those things really are great. That The one part of technology that I do love is, is that aspect of technology. Yeah. So, 1992. Well, what you inspired you? <laughs> <laughs> what inspired you to take that step and uh, take on Mayor Moran for the position. Uh, there wasn't, Mayor Moran wasn't there at the time. It was an open seat. He had left six months prior to his term ending. Mm. Uh, so it was an open seat um, in 92. And I had spent 10 years in the legislature and I wanted to come home. And it was an opportunity for me to actually do something very, I mean, I, I had enjoyed being a legislator, but as a legislator, you can only do so much. Mm-hmm. You don't get to see the nuts and bolts of something getting done that you can actually see happen. You, oh. you, you pass legislation. You do things that you hopefully are the, the things that are right for the, the state and, the, and your community. But if you want to get into the nitty-gritty to make change, it really is local government. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I wanted to do, and that's why I ran. So what are some of your fondest memories of that very first campaign? Oh, I'm not one of those people who believe that fond memories of campaigns. <laughs> um, I think probably the piece that I enjoyed the most has always been being able to go out and talk to people. I think that it's, that is probably one of my strengths in, in what I've done, and that is that I can talk to mo- almost anybody. I'm hey, you're talking easy. to the K-Town Connects podcast. Yeah, man, that's been tough. Let me tell you, I'm not too sure this was a smart move on my part. Um, but it's like everything else. That's something I've enjoyed doing. I enjoy talking with people. I and I like to try to get across where we're going and what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So from that perspective, I've enjoyed that the most. And in campaigning, I think that's what I enjoy the most. Okay, when you were elected, were there any aspects of becoming a mayor that you were surprised to find out about that you might not have expected? Oh, I think I think anyone who runs for mayor is in for a huge surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, it is not what you think it is. And I think one of the things that when I look back at it, the piece that I think that has been so helpful for me is looking at it in the sense of having a vision of, of what you want to see your community become. That becomes so important. So whoever runs for mayor, 
they need to have an idea of what they wish to see happen in their community, what they want to see, what the community should become. Mm-hmm. And I think that plays a key part in whether you're successful or not. So you were elected four straight terms. Yes. So you served for mayor from 92 to 2008. What were some of the biggest challenges you faced during that time? Oh my goodness. We were going through the, you know, Chrysler had closed in 88, the brass had closed and what was it? I can't remember the year anymore. McWhite's steel rope closed. We went through a, a lot of, of economic downturn mm-hmm. during that period of time. So the, the biggest challenge we had was how to reinvent ourselves and what we needed to do that. Yeah, so kind of reinvent the whole city. Well, in, in a sense, and, and that's where, you know, from my perspective, I was very fortunate. There were a lot of good people that stepped up. When we came up with ideas, people came forward. We wanted to do industrial parks. We were able to cut a deal with Wisconsin Energy. Even though they were doing their WIS Park in Pleasant Prairie, they cut a deal with us for the smaller parks and targeting more smaller companies in the city of Kenosha. So we were able to work with partners and get things done. So I think from that perspective, we reinvented ourselves in a lot of different ways. We did Harbor Park. We put museums in place. We did not just deal with the economics because economics... Are the, you know, we need to make sure we have jobs for people. But the other part of that is, is if you're going to get companies to come here, there has to be a quality of life. Yep. If you want young people to stay here, there has to be a quality of life. And that's one of the issues we're fighting with now is we're reinventing ourselves again. That's one of the reasons you're seeing the work that we're doing at the Chrysler site. That's mm-hmm. why you're seeing the uptown, downtown projects. Those things are basically for us to reinvent ourselves for the third and fourth time. As we moved along, so we've gone through stages. We, you know, we, we we started the recovery, we started doing things differently and getting smaller companies into the area. We've you know went into much larger businesses in the warehousing area. Now we're back into the next phase of R and D, research, technology, old manufacturing. When I say old manufacturing, I'm just I'm talking about manufacturing that creates good paying jobs type of things. You need to have a whole list of things to do if you want to succeed, and so. We have done different things at different times, and now we're at that next stage. Yep. So why didn't you run in 2008? You just were retired? I was tired. First off, sometimes you just need other people need to come in and look at what you're doing and change what you're doing. There's no right that everything I was doing was in the right direction. There are things that, in hindsight, I can look back and say, I wish I had done differently or done this, whatever. But those things do happen. And sometimes you reach a point... And I was literally 26 years in government in in a row. (laughs) And I reached that point of saying, you know what? Time for me to walk away. Yeah, spend some quality family time. Right. Do you for a little bit. And so, you know, and and it was a a very exciting time for me when I walked away because I started over. Mm -hmm. And and that was very interesting for me as to what I then did and the work that I was able to accomplish while I was away. You started a consulting business? Is that- yes, I did. Okay. I did work for companies, businesses, government, and eventually EPA, and working oh, wow. on helping to, how do you get a brownfield redeveloped? Because that's literally what I became an expert in. What would be a brownfield? A brownfield would be the old Chrysler site at the lakefront, okay. Harbor Park. Harbor lots, Park was much. a massive, when I was elected in 92, the Chrysler facility that had been there had been torn down. <clears throat> and a fence built around it. So it was all rubble and a fence. <laughs> yeah. That's what Harbor Park looked like at the time. <laughs> I remember so, that. I lived down there for right. that. So what we did is we started working. And again, that goes back to you got to pull the community in, getting the community involved and, and working with people to eventually get to a point where we could develop Harbor Park. And the city did that. We took risk. 
we put um, in, in those days, it's probably was a huge amount of money today, probably is not anywhere near as what it looked like, <laughs> right. is that, you know, we invested $24 million in downtown Kenosha mm. for Harbor Park to happen. Mm. And we were able to make it work. And so it has been extremely successful financially and in general with the reuse of the downtown and getting the downtown back and moving in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Didn't solve the problem totally. Still not enough density downtown mm-hmm. so that the smaller businesses can uh, do better. But in time, we'll get there. Can you do me a favor and make those condos in Harbor Park a little cheaper so I can afford them? <laughs> <laughs> they're, well, a lot, they, they're a lot of my price range. You know, they, were very, they were very affordable when I built them. <laughs> <laughs> So Keith Bosman took over. He did two terms. What was the best advice you gave him when he took over? Well, you know what? The one thing I've learned in this this whole thing is I just told Keith, if there's anything I can do to be helpful, let me know. Yeah. Because you have to let people do their own thing as to what's what's going on. And Keith is a really good guy, and I like him a great deal. And so my advice to him was, if you wanted some help, let me know. And and I did give some help when it came down to the Chrysler site when they were trying Mm -hmm. to redevelop it as to the cleanup. And so they did involve me in that, and I was glad to do it. All right, so why did you decide to make an attempt to retake the mayor position in 2016? There's some things that I felt very strongly about that I felt that we needed to be doing. I've always been really big on neighborhoods Mm -hmm. and the redevelopment of neighborhoods and making sure that the neighborhoods prospered because a community is only as strong as its weakest neighborhood. You don't have a strong neighborhood, you've got problems, Mm -hmm. and it's an area that I've always felt strongly about. And the other issue was for me is we were losing our young people. They weren't staying here. Yeah. Many of them educate, leave, leave here. And, and part of that is not having the exact right mix of jobs. So we need to look at how we were doing things and things. So that was the reason for me coming back. That's one of the reasons we've been working on the innovation center at the Chrysler site. That's one of the reasons that we were looking at changing how we funded businesses that are coming into the area. We're much more selective on who we provide funds to because mm-hmm. we're looking to make sure that it's either manufacturing, we're looking to make sure we have more for uh, R&D and, and research for, and development. Right. Right. Okay. And also for entrepreneurs. We need, we don't, we have a lot of young people here who, and forgive me if anyone takes offense when I say young people, anyone under 60 is a young people. <laughs> uh, at my age, I've reached that point. So you're 60 or less, you're young. Good, I'm still um, young. I'm still young. <laughs> but you know, it's, it's the opportunity of, of these folks becoming entrepreneurs starting their own businesses doesn't you know sometimes we look at all the the grand slams someone starts a business and becomes a a billionaire for what they did but there are a whole bunch of people who start businesses that are 25 people and Mm -hmm. good livings for those 25 people and themselves yeah you know it's it's a matter of how we put things together and what we do and so part of the innovation concept is how do we help people start their own businesses and to grow their own businesses and so that's one of the things that i feel strongly about and to do that means I have to keep my young people here, mm-hmm. and that means we need to change how we do things. And that's why, you know, the Innovation Center is, is kind of a takeoff of a project in St. Louis. And I, I do chuckle at that because someone had told me I was going to copy St. Louis into something. <laughs> it wouldn't have been my uh, normal choice. But they went through some really interesting in creating this their Innovation Center down there. And it's over 200 acres in size now. Uh, it's uh, unbelievably successful. And in a lot of ways, St. Louis has a lot of comparisons to Kenosha when it comes to an old industrial city okay. that is re-developing um, itself. So 
at least in that piece of it, it made sense. And so that's kind of what we copied. And so that's what we're working off of. Yeah, we might not have a 200-acre size. We can get something. I have 110. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, with that, we're going to take our first break. We'll be right back. Union Park Tavern has it all. Great food, great drinks, the best Friday fish fry around, live entertainment almost every day. Stop by and see for yourself. Union Park Tavern, located at 4520 8th Avenue. That's Union Park Tavern. Lucci's Grandview. Check out this family-owned and operated bar. Lucci's Grandview, located at 6929 39th Avenue. Come on in and unwind with a drink. For your entertainment, they have bar games, food, live music, bingo, and more. The brother and sister team of Sarah and AJ Lucci look forward to serving you up some memories at Lucci's Grandview. And we're back to K Town Connects Podcast. Hey, how about those sponsors? Oh, those great sponsors of the K Town Connects Podcast. Give a little shout out to Union Park Tavern. 4520 8th Avenue. Holy cow, do they have great food, great drinks, and you know what? The best Friday fish fry. And they have some great live entertainment almost every day of the week. So stop by, say hi to Angie and Ben. Tell them the K-Town Connect sent you. And then swing over to Lucci's Grandview at 6929 39th Avenue. Mr. Mayor, do you know why Lucci's Grandview is called Grandview? No, actually I don't. I've learned this. This is interesting. Uh, 39th Avenue used to be called Grand View Drive. Ah. Back, you know, before the, before the 20s, before they uh, changed the name. Back in my day? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> we had, well, we, yeah, we had uh, Sarah Lucci on the show. We tried to ask her, and she said it was like the subdivision name. So I did a little more research and digging around. I found it's actually the name of the road. So, now, what's the name of 60th Street? Is that Park? Mm-hmm. Park, which ones? I think 60th was Plank. Oh. Okay. All right. Hey guys, this is Jason coming in with a little fact check here. According to sites.rootsweb.com, 60th Street was known by two names, uh, English Court and Prairie Avenue. I assume maybe one was on one side of Library Park, one was on the other side maybe. But just want to come in and give you that fact. Back to the show. Yeah, I don't know them all, but <laughs> don't hold me down. I'm not sure I'm right. <laughs> you guys should go have a beer and talk it over at Lucci's Grandview, located at 69, 39th Avenue. Well, and the trivia is going to be street names, too. So. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, Mr. Mayor, I never see you wearing a sash. <laughs> What's the deal with that? Why would I? A mayor sash. Again, why would I? <laughs> I? I mean, all the cartoons growing up, I always see him wearing a sash. Oh, sorry, so, not a sash guy. All right, all right. <laughs> I have enough trouble with a sport coat and tie. <laughs> <laughs> so we were talking a little bit about some of the development projects coming in. We have we have ton of tons of plans out there. People can read about downtown and uptown to get the actual details. It's very extensive and elaborate. Uh, do you have an estimated timeline on when some of these projects will begin? Oh, I wish I, I I believe the downtown plan will start this year. Okay. So we'll what are they starting with? The first two buildings um, under the plan are the Brindisi, which is the housing first housing project, okay. and a new city hall. So mm-hmm. those are the first two that they're required to build. The Brindisi will be just north of where City Hall is right now. That is now. correct. And City Hall will be located where the City Hall will be put back over where it belongs, um, not too far from its original home. Mm-hmm. It'll be uh, where the old police station is mm-hmm. on Sheridan and 56th Street, across okay. from the courthouse and across from the post office. So we try to bring all of government back 
together in one location. Yeah, that's, that's a so that when obvious people, spot for it. Right. Well, when people stop, I mean, if they have something at the courthouse or the city hall, a lot of times people get... to con- skip away. Right. Sometimes people mix up where they're supposed to be. Yeah. And so they're at the city hall and they're supposed to have a court hearing or something at the, the courthouse or whatever. So putting it all back together makes more sense. Oh, for sure. And yeah. keeping government together for the uh, public is, I think, a... a the right thing to do. That old police station, Jason and I went in there when, when Visit Kenosha moved out and we checked out. Oh, I thought the, you were said you were in there for other oh, reasons, but that's <laughs> all right. I'm not going to go there. <laughs> and uh, we, we checked out the the old uh, jail cells. Jail cells. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty, pretty creepy in here. Oh, that's real there. creepy. It's, it's, it was something. Yeah, was you cool. know, we're like, hey, get a picture. Act like I'm locked in here. I'm like, well, don't shut the door. Nobody has a key to this. You know? <laughs> and you're right. I don't think anyone has a key <laughs> yeah, to this. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty fascinating, you know, looking up there. You know, so and it's unbelievable. Believe how small. I yeah. mean, um, <laughs> couldn't handle that nowadays. <laughs> Claustrophobic. Yeah. Easy. All right. So let's uh, let's let's get a little deep here. So in the response to the civil unrest, you had four community listening sessions. What were some of the most valuable things that you took from those meetings? I think that the part of the listening sessions is for people to be able to have access mm-hmm. to telling me what they thought and at, at an emotional time. And so I think I thought it was important that. I sit there and be there to listen to what people had to say. I think from a aspect of the most important part of what came from those hearings that I learned, I think dealt with the mental health issue. Mm-hmm. And mental health is, to me, is one of those areas that we've always been very lax on as a country and as a state. Mm-hmm. And I think that mental health is one of the big issues that we need to address on a long-term basis. And it's one of the things we are also looking at as to how we can embed some things in the police department dealing with mental health at the same time because I think it's important. Yeah, then with the, with these listening sessions, the city finally got some social media presence. You guys have yes, Facebook, yes, Instagram. We so it's, well, a little bit, not totally, right, but yes. But it's there, so now there's a right. way for people to reach out, see what's going on with the city that way. I thought that was great that you guys decided to get on that bandwagon. <laughs> so that's where I watched a few of them. Okay. <laughs> so... In January, in anticipation of the Jacob Blake investigation decision, you're granted emergency powers. Yes. Those are powerful words. Can you explain to our listeners what emergency powers would mean for you? Well, an example would be if I want to close a road off. Okay. I have to have emergency powers to close a road. So if I want to create a curfew, I need to have emergency powers. And this is different a little bit than what normally happens because normally – if something occurs, I have the ability just to call an emergency. Mm-hmm. So I can do that. That's I don't have to go to counsel for that. But once I do that, I then have a period of time which I have to pull counsel together for the counsel then to give me the authority. But I can deal with an emergency. So an example would be, um, in this case, because the district attorney was going to inform us ahead of time of the when he was going to make his decision, and that's make it very clear, city had no knowledge of the decision itself. All we were told is on this date, the decision is going to come out. Because the city knew that, I can't call an emergency because mm-hmm. I know ahead of time what's going on. There's no emergency that's occurred. Yeah. So you had to go to council for the councils who set it up so that I could call the emergency because I had knowledge of the timing of when something might happen. Yeah. Okay. All right, well, we're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be right back with some quick connects and some trivia with Mayor John Antaramian. 
The Pine Blossom is a boutique shop in downtown Kenosha, filled with treasures for every taste. Local art, stylish clothing, gifts, home decor, homemade jewelry, upcycled furniture, and more. Stop on by 5925 6th Avenue A. They're open Thursday and Friday, 11 to 5, Saturday, 10 to 4, Sunday, 11 to 3. Check them out. The Pine Blossom in downtown Kenosha. Dave and Tina Chapman purchased The Letter Machine in 2002 and has been family-owned and operated for 33 years. Their main focus is embroidery, screen printing, and other ways to make your business name known. They love working with the customers to help them achieve a look that represents their business properly at a cost that will work within their budget. That's The Letter Machine, 720 50th Street. Find them online at thelettermachine.com. And we're back with more with K-Town Connects with Mayor John Antaramian. That last uh, commercial break was brought to you by the Pine Blossom, located at 5925 6th Avenue. Also, big thanks to the Letter Machine, 720 50th Street. They are helping host our uh, web store, which we have to find out what that is. Yeah, you can just go to thelettermachine.com and you can find our Cake Town Connects merchandise store. Thank you to the Lettering Machine. And now it's time for Quick Connects with the Mayor. And that's brought to you by Washed Out, a locally owned hair product. From the suit and tie businessman to the motorhead and leather jacket rocker, Washed Out is loved by barbers, fashion fans, and those seeking the best hair products at an affordable price. That was good. Did you write this, Tony? I did. Good job. Order yours today by going to washedouthairus.bigcartel.com. Go order those uh, products they got, a nice pomade. Hmm. You need a nice pomade. I do, I do. About that time. Yeah, order that up. So, Mayor, are you ready? <laughs> I'm worried about the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mayor, your favorite park in Kenosha? Uh, Simmons Island. Ooh. That's mine, too. Most. Uh, what is your favorite famous Kenoshan? My most famous famous Kenoshan. Your, your, your favorite famous Kenoshan. My favorite... Oh my goodness! And I'm going. I'm doing this on terrible. Molinero um, from yeah. Happy Days. That uh, El Molinero. El Molinero. I mean, he was such a character. I just loved him. Well, which show was that that we did the El Molinero trivia? Oh, Chris Allen. We 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 drilled Chris Allen from the. We had El Molinero uh, trivia with uh, Chris Allen. It was fun. Uh, he was he. Whenever he would come back into town, he'd stop by. Oh. Yeah. For tasting more, it's encore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you currently reading? Actually, more than anything, it's paperwork. <laughs> However, the last uh, the, the last book that I reread because it's my favorite book is uh, The Count of Monte Cristo. Oh, very yeah. nice. All right, uh, what 2021 Kenosha summer event are you looking forward to attending? 21, 22. I'm looking forward to hopefully doing the tall ships again. Ooh. But in 21, uh, just to be out and people enjoying the weather <laughs> and the sun. And that we are past this COVID issue. Yeah. Mm, let's hope so. Anything will be fun, right? <laughs> we know we really want that peanut butter and jam to happen. Uh, we're always mm-hmm. peanut butter and jam was a wonderful uh, project that we started many years ago. Yeah, you teamed up with Frank Carmichael, yep. and you guys have been riding the wave of that, success. Uh, the old um, um, uh, the kite flight. Oh yes. Which is mm-hmm. really a, a, I love that with watching the kids. Yeah. And those those little kids are just sitting with those, <laughs> those kites and starting to run, and, and it's just it's great. Awesome. All right. Favorite pizza place in Kenosha? I refuse to answer on the grounds of my incriminating. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You're going on a day trip. You're going to Milwaukee or Chicago? Hmm. 
A day trip Milwaukee, weekend or something longer, Chicago. Yeah. Oh, I always go day trip Milwaukee as well. You go to the the public market right. there. I mean, it's 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 great. There. Third ward is really neat. Yeah, a half hour drive, boom, there yeah. you're there. All right, if you could bring back one Kenosha business that is closed, which would it be? Oh my goodness. For by us, that's what everybody says. Uh, <laughs> I think probably the the one you know when the auto industry left. That is probably one of those things that hurt more people than anything else. So. It would have been wonderful to be able to still have those jobs and those people employed. That's a good politician yeah, answer. Yeah, that was a great mayor answer. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, favorite movie of all time? Ben-Hur. Oh. So we I heard you're a Packer fan. Yes, I am. And when this episode airs, it's going to be Super Bowl weekend. Are the Packers in the Super Bowl this weekend? Yes. All right. Uh, that's what I like yes. to hear. Beatles or the Stones? Oh, Stones. Oh, see, I, I thought you were a Beatles guy. I really mm-hmm. did. Stones. Stones and Fleetwood Mac. Ooh, right. ooh. Favorite candy bar? I heard from a source. I think I might know yours. Almond Joy. Oh, oh. see, I was told, well, it's not a candy bar, but peanut M&M's. Well, I love peanut M&M's. It's he not was a gonna, candy bar. He, he was going to buy you some and bring it in. I was. Like, Don't buy Mike Higgins M&Ms. told me to bring you some peanut yeah. M&M's. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Big Star or The Spot? Spot. There you go. Ooh. You got any good mayor jokes for us? None. Ah, all right. <laughs> well, that was the Quick Connects brought to you by Washed Out <laughs> Hair Products. And what's up next? What's up next, Donnie? Ooh, trivia is up next. Oh, mayor, are you ready for some trivia? I'm as ready as I'm going to be, and I probably won't have any answers. <laughs> well, the trivia is brought to everybody by Coming Up Roses Cleaning and Organizing. They are a fully insured cleaning and organizing company. They will keep your home or office clean without judgment or hassle. No job is too big or too small for them, so support this locally owned business. Coming Up Roses Cleaning and Organizing. Give them a call at 262-748-6978 or email them at comingupposescleaningkino at gmail.com. Very good. Oh, I've been doing that one for about 27 episodes, so I should have that one down. <laughs> yeah, you're getting, you're getting good. All right, so each Can week... you do that fast to three times? <laughs> <laughs> I can really nail that. Luigi's Pizza Kitchen, order your pizza pies. Yeah, that's getting old. (laughs) All right, so it's time for a trivia where we uh, pit our guest against our co-host, Donnie. Okay, if anyone's making bets, (laughs) bet on Donnie. Don't worry, I've I've only won two out of 27 You're about to get three. Oh, Oh, then you're going to see me downtown. I beat the murder in trivia. (laughs) Yeah, that's going to be some good bragging rights. (laughs) Well, Mayor, we heard that... One of your favorite TV shows is MASH. Yes, it was. So we have MASH trivia, but Donnie's also familiar with MASH as well. Yes, my grandma Higgins got me into it many years ago. So this is going to be a good one. Um, I pulled these questions from How Stuff Works, the MASH trivia there. So hopefully you guys haven't been to that website. I'm going to ask you each five questions, and we'll see who can win here. Perfect. So, Mayor, we're going to start with you. Okay. In what year did the MASH TV show debut? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to take a wild guess because I have no clue. Um, 72? That's right. Whoa, He's got it. Wow. 1972. Up one nothing. Donnie, true or false? MASH had a laugh track. True. You are correct. Oh, yeah. True. And although it was toned down compared to other shows of the day. Serious manner sometimes. Oh, yeah. tied up. 1-1. One, one. Doom, doom, doom. Yeah, I surrender. <laughs> <laughs> Question two, Mayor. When Hawkeye's best friend Trapper leaves the show, which character replaces him? 
Oh my goodness. Trapper left and it was God, I can see him and I can't think of his name. Ooh, I know this one. Do you want me to give you a little uh, little hint, Mary? <laughs> no, no, we're doing this. This is a All fair right. uh <laughs> All right. All right. Got me. I can't think of it. Captain BJ Honeycutt. Honeycutt. I like them. I like Shame on me. I liked BJ better than Trapper, to be honest. All right, Donnie, this is a tough one. Okay. Which actor on the show actually wore his real life dog tags from when he served in Korea? Clinger. Wow. Whoa, that was a guess. That was a guess. Wow, that was a good guess because you are right. Wow, okay. Donnie takes the lead. It's two to one. All right, Mayor John. I knew that one. Question number three. Who was the very first commanding officer? Henry Blake. Ding, ding, ding. That's right. Ties it up. Donnie, number three. Mm -hmm. Several episodes are framed as letters Hawkeye writes home. To whom is he writing? His dad. You're right. Donnie's. Oh, three to two. Mayor, question four. What was Frank Burns' nickname? Oh. Oh, my goodness. Oh. I know it, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> Frank Burns, what they call him? Mm-mm. Well, That's not coming. They're not going to hold this up. Ferret face. Ferret face. Ah. Soon as you started the oh, argument. <laughs> Donnie, you got to lose this one. Four. <laughs> <laughs> the fix is in here, guys. <laughs> Four characters stayed on the show for the entire 11 year run. Name three of them Hawkeye. Yes. Hot Lips. Yes. And Klinger. Yes. Hi. Who was the fourth? Father Mulcahy. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Wow. Why do you give him the easy ones? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mayor. This one's here's a here's a softball here for you. Oh no, I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> I warned you, I'm horrible at this stuff. What does Mash stand for? Oh my goodness, medical. Now let's see. You got me. Go ahead. Oh, mobile Army mobile Surgical Army. Hospital. Oh, that's right. That's right. Oh, Donnie, let's see if you can be on. Let's see if you can crush me now, Donnie. Yeah. <laughs> on the series finale, the war is over, and most of the characters are preparing to leave Korea. Which character says they plan to stay? Oh, this is so easy. Clinger, because he's getting married. Oh. Okay. Even I knew that. One. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Donnie. Well, what can I say? I know my mash. Well, no, the mayor's I'm, not coming back. I <laughs> I don't feel bad. I warned you at the beginning. This is not my. Uh... I have to thank my my uh, grandmother Higgins for getting me into Mash all these years. Thank you, Donnie. Five five correct answers. Well, what can I say? I had two. Yeah. Well, Mayor, you, you still win a bottle of Lou Perini's water. Well, thank you very much. You. Well, that was that was real fun. Thank you for stopping by, Mayor. We really appreciate you coming by the K-Town Connects podcast. want to thank our sponsors one more time. Luigi's Pizza Kitchen, Blue Horn Digital, Captain Mike's, the Downtowner Saloon, Union Park Tavern, Lucci's Grandview, The Letter Machine, Pine Blossom, Coming up, roses, cleaning, organizing, and washed out hair products. Jeez. Oh, yeah, so we got, hey, we're season two. We're getting bigger and better. Yes, man. Um, so don't forget to uh, find the K Town Connects podcast on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Go to our website, ktownconnects.com. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and give us a review on your podcast provider. Shoot us an email. Tell us how we did or how horrible we did at ktownconnects at yahoo.com. Hey, don't forget, we also uh, have a Patreon account now. Yeah, we're going to start putting some uh, exclusive material on there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, we're not going to have any from this show. We're using, uh, we're short on time already. So 
Uh, well, we'll have some stuff in the future shows, so, um, so show, extra bonus content. People can uh, show their support to yeah. us through Patreon.com slash K-Town Connects. And also, don't forget about that awesome K-Town Connects web store, courtesy of The Lettering Machine. Go to TheLetteringMachine.com and get your K-Town Connects t-shirts. All right. Hey, uh, Jason, that was a pretty great episode. It's good to be back for season two. Uh, we got a lot of good stuff planned for season two. Ooh, so everybody stay wait. tuned. Uh, you know, and I'm still trying to figure out after so many episodes, what are we doing with this podcast? Uh, let's see. You wrote down, our goal is to connect Kenosha and surrounding areas to all the great things our hometown of Kenosha has to offer. Sounds about right, but let's cut that down. We are connecting Kenosha. Hey, bye. I'm from Kenosha. I say Kenosha. That great big busy town. Took a few weeks off. We're a little rusty.